Uh-oh. Oh, did we lose Danny? Well, Danny's typing in the Discord. Danny's typing in the Discord. Nope, that's Christian. Danny's not typing in the Discord anymore. We lost Danny. Danny. No. Fuck my internet. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> oh god. This is gonna this is gonna be a reoccurring theme tonight. Welcome to This Week in MTG with your hosts, Matt Olson, JB, and Danny Oakstad. Hello and welcome, Magic Folk, to episode 123-123 of This Week in MTG, your aggregate news source for all things Magic the Gathering. We're your hosts. I'm Matt. We have Danny out in the ether right now. Say hi, Danny. What's up? There's there's definitely going to be some, um, not product delays, but vocal delays on Danny's end uh, due to <laughs> due to not COVID reasons, but due to uh, not understanding internet reasons on Danny's end. Fuck off, man. Oh, don't worry. This is going to keep going all night, Danny. I promise you that. And so are the fucks. <laughs> I was about to say, do you, have a, do you have a feeling that all he's going to say is fuck you the whole time? You know, I'm so glad that I'm too lazy to edit out all the fucks, and that way we can just mark this as explicit, and he can say as many fucks as he wants. Fuck you, Matt. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> Holy shit, I think he got a soundboard. That sounded exactly the same. <laughs> oh my it, God. It, will, it will sound exactly the same. <laughs> so that other voice you're hearing is the one, the only, Big G. Hey, hey. He says as he lifts his giant-ass mug that's as big as his fucking head. Tell, tell us about yeah. that mug real quick, because that's a dope-ass mug. It is a dope-ass mug. My buddy got this for me. He said it's been on delay. You guys can't really see it, but it is a beautifully carved, and it has stainless steel on the inside for my beverages of choice. But then it also has some magic logos and stuff on it, and it also has my name, my actual name of Garrett. So now you guys know my real name. So, But you can continue to refer to me as the Big G. Y'all do you. And and his name is on the bottom as well. Oh yeah, I'd I'd show it more, but I still have beer in here. Yes, so. but thank you all for deciding to join us. We're so glad that you did. If you're listening to this, give yourself a pat on the back for being a badass and cl- clicking to 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 listen. Or if you're on the live stream, thank you very much to our fellow viewers that are watching us right now on the live stream. So thank you. I like to say thank you a lot. It's a Midwestern thing. But let's go to the other section of thank yous here and begin our episode by thanking our amazing patrons. Give you guys a big pat on the back as well. So our patrons are people that think that our content is worth supporting. You're all motherfucking crazy for doing that. So a big thank you to Wade97, Chapman, D Moose, Amu the Fox, Colin, Noah, Slade, Third string Chapman, Nikki, No Modifier, Steve, Jacob, and newest member of the community, still Christian. It still blows my mind. We're getting new people all the time. I know. Or does it blow your mind that Chapman will now continuously win giveaways? Predictive uh, yes. that he doesn't. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and if you guys want to be crazy as well in supporting us, go check over go check out our Patreon. We have three tiers, a three dollar tier and a ten dollar tier. At the three dollar tier, you can put in for monthly drawings for booster packs. 
this next month, next week, the drawing is going to be for... Hold on. I think I said the, the drawing is going to be for Kamigawa set boosters. Correct. Kamigawa doesn't come out until... No, Kamigawa comes out... Oh, man. Why am I drawing a blank on the date? Is it the 11th? 11th. Or is the, it the 11th. It comes out the 11th. So, if that's the case... We'll do the drawings. I'll still get the set boosters. Uh, there may be a little delay to the winners of the set boosters because I just want to give you guys the Kamigawa set boosters because so far the cars look sick. And we're going to be covering some of the cars here at the end of the episode because, you know, they're really fucking sick and that's part of what, what this episode is going to be about. Paper Magic, it's on the 18th. So Paper so, Magic's yep. on the 18th. Okay, so uh, there'll be a little bit of a delay, but I really want to get you guys those Kamigawa boosters and I don't want to wait a month. So we'll draw for the winners and yes. then there's just the delay until release or maybe if matt's on top of the ball he can get them for pre-release for you i can manage that probably oh i could definitely manage that and we'll cover that or how i can manage that in a second here but then the other the other tier the ten dollar tier is you get put in for a monthly drawing for a a commander card that's valued from 15 to 20 dollars right now on the patreon page we have a poll every month that uh, the patrons can vote for what card gets drawn for and I haven't looked today, but I think Cabal Coffers was winning. We have a Cabal Coffers in contention to win for next week's drawing. So, yeah, if that's something that floats your boats, go check out our Patreon. Regular uh, one or the alt art? The, uh, the alt art. No, uh, the regular okay. one. The regular one is 20 bucks. Oh, okay. The alt, the alt art is like 40, 30, somewhere in there. Somewhere in there. But, um, yeah, we have that. Go check that out. But if you don't want to support us through Patreon, you can also support us by buying some dope-ass playmats that we have. Definitely think that they're pretty cool. So if Patreon is not your way of wanting to support someone, you can check us uh, check out our playmats that we have. They are of our banner logo on a playmat. They look really cool. They are going for 20 bucks. You can hit us up on Facebook, Twitter, mm-hmm. Discord, anywhere. Be like, yo, Matt, I want some of this. I want this playmat. And I will send it to you. And literally, we will send them like almost everywhere. Uh, we just actually sent one to Germany. And that was super cool. Well, and it's to our newest Patreon too. So that's even better. Yeah, Christian. Got our got our playmat. It, we, we are now getting repped in Germany. Heck which is, yeah. Still blows my mind. Christian, you're badass. Truly. Mm, badass. So uh, if you don't want to buy a playmat directly from us, you can also go check out our amazing sponsor, j Sports Cards and Gaming, where they have our playmats for sale as well for $20 uh, plus sales tax. I figure I definitely got to say that each and every time. And let's hear an ad from them now. j Sports Cards and Gaming, located in West Acres Mall in Fargo, is your one-stop shop for all your Magic the Gathering needs. In the store, you will find a huge selection of sleeves, playmats, and dice for you to personalize your battlefield with. Along with having a large variety of singles in their display cases, there are also binders and boxes for you to browse through. That much selection means that you will always find something you are looking for. J-Dubs is also the place to gather to play a wide array of formats with friends in the community. There is Commander League on Thursday nights, Modern League on Saturday afternoons, and Legacy Leagues on Sunday afternoons. And who can forget Friday Night Magic every Friday evening? J-Dubs has it all, Amonkhet to Zendikar and ways to sleeve, shuffle, and spell sling. Now let's get back to the episode. And thank you, J-Dubs, for supporting us. Couple fun things. Uh, Big G over that 
was looking up to see when that card show was happening. J-Dubs is having a card show happening this. I can't find it. Uh, <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's this, this weekend Saturday. was our, uh, This weekend was our Yu-Gi-Oh tournament. Yeah, they had a Yu-Gi-Oh tournament, but they're, they have a, a, a card show going on. I'm pretty sure it was the 5th at new, noon. I'm looking in the events page now, which is going to be bogged down by anything and everything. Well, Big G will get back to you on that. Go check out yeah. our lovely sponsor, JDubs Sports Cards and Gaming. Now, let's move to the breakdown where we're going to lay out how this episode it. is going to be. Oh, I got it. He got it. It's February 12th. Oh, the 12th. Start, starting at 10 a.m. So not this Saturday, but next Saturday. The following Saturday, the yes. The following Saturday. We'll cover it again next week, so that way people will be uh, notified. That was a close one. Almost didn't find one. it. Almost didn't find it. All right, go with go with the breakdown. Okay, so in the breakdown, we're going to go over to the Boggle Desk with the Big G and the Big G, where we're going to talk about some event results, assault report, and then have information on an upcoming on upcoming events. From there, Danny is going to lead us into a blogatog of whatever he has up for a blogatog. From there, we're going to quickly go over the BNR from last week. Uh, I know last week I edited it in, but we'll get. Danny and Big G's thoughts on the bannings. From there, we're going to talk mm-hmm. about some SCG content changes, which is really shaking up the content world of magic. And then the rest of the episode, we're going to be talking about Kamigawa news. And then after that, jump into the Conjured Currency section where we talk about magic finance because, you know, why not? And then we're going to close the podcast off at that because I imagine that's going to be a lot to talk about. Our thought cast will essentially just be us talking about Neon Dynasty. Easily. Easily. And now, with that, Big G, we're over at the Boggle Desk. Hey, hey. So, I don't have a salt report. You got a salt report? Danny has a salt report. I know. Danny's he... got a salt report. Danny has a salt report. What's your salt report, Danny? Well, I have no idea. What's my salt report, Matt? No, no, no. I know you said that you had a salt report. Was it last week? I have no idea what you're talking about. Oh, we both have such bad memory. I think it was from last week when I was playing my mill deck, and you got super ups. Uh, no, okay, never mind. I do have a fucking salt report, you son of a bitch. <laughs> Here I am, just trying to play some wholesome commander with send triplets, take your shit, and emphasize ma- emphasize that again. Take your shit. Emphasize it. Yeah. Take your shit. Perfect. Send triplets. Remember that, folks. Yes. And what is what does fucking Matt have to come out with? I'm gonna play my blue mill deck. Oh, by the way, G, you're gonna have to fucking mill your entire deck because I'm gonna traumatize you and my commander's out, so you have to double that. It's Bruvik. Yeah, and my one chance was going, Oh god, please have an odd number. But even if I would have had an odd number, Danny made us all draw with his group hug deck, so I would have lost anyway. It was beautiful. <sighs> Just giving you guys cards. You wouldn't let me win. Of course we did. That was my only salt report. (laughs) (laughs) So there's the salt report. Uh, But let's talk about some Mana Trader event going on. We had a Pioneer event. Wait, why does this seem like the wrong event page? It probably is. Well, I'm the one that linked it. So it'd yeah, be, it'd that be, is the wrong one. That is f- f- dated from yep, that's a while two ago. years ago. <laughs> Jesus shit. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're well, going to... I, I won't knock fuck. you too much. 
Still doing better than JB. <laughs> That's fired. <laughs> Jesus. Then again, then again, it wasn't very big shoes to fill, so. God damn it. Okay, Matt, can you find the fucking link for me while I talk about the Tri-City event we had here in North Dakota? I, I the old man's getting blind, can't see it. Oh, God. Okay, so on a more local for this week in MTG front, we had a Tri-City tournament in Minot, North Dakota this last Saturday on the 30th. No, this would have been the 29th. The date got put in wrong. No! Okay, there we go, the 29th. And this was a legacy event. And they had 22 players show up, and they because they didn't get to the numbers for a top eight, they just did a top four. So coming in at first place, we've got a blue-red Delver deck. Second place is an Abzon Maverick deck. Third place, Grixis Control. And then we've got a four-color Aldrune deck. So... And I did not get deck lists from the guys that participated in this tournament, but it'd be a fun breakdown just to kind of talk about um, the fact that this is a tournament that kind of travels around North Dakota just a little bit, and it can. We've had it now in Fargo, which was back in October. So then it's in Minot, and then I believe the next one would be down in Bismarck. Correct, Matt? I think that's how that goes. I think that's the Tri City that they refer to there. Forks doesn't have anything. No, and then they don't travel out to Dickinson. I'm sure Jameson doesn't have anything either. No, Jameson doesn't have a shop anymore. So, but yeah, did you find anything there, Matt? That's, I, just, I found that's kinda... the top eight list. I have not found the. Look at that. Matt's not doing his job. Hold on now. Hold oh, on now. This was partly my job. I just clicked the. I apparently just fucking linked the wrong one here. So we do have the top eight players here. Ooh. Ooh, is this... Can we... Oh, it just shows the deck. It doesn't show, like, if it's attached to an event, unfortunately. Well, then let's just... If you want to pull those up, we'll just go over the, the decks that made it. We won't jump too much into it. And maybe next week we can do one of those new breakdowns we've been talking about. Yeah, that one would be a good time for that, I yep. think. So it looks like we've got, well, shit, the screen moved. A Jeskai Ascendancy deck, a Lotus Field deck, Naya Winota, and a Mono Green Devotion deck. And is that in any particular order, Matt? Uh, to my knowledge, no, that is in no order. This is just the top eight. And then Rakdos Blood, Is It Phoenix, Rakdos Blood again, and another Is It Phoenix. <laughs> Something tells me those four decks, the ones that match up on their theme, are very, very similar. Good to see that Jeskai Phoenix is still, or is it Phoenix is still a deck that, you know, keeps clapping. We got a pacepin breakdown. Yeah, we got a pacepin breakdown by Bamzing on Reddit of the full meta breakdown of this Pioneer, this uh, Mana Trader's 15k pioneer event that happened throughout the month there were 33 is it phoenix decks 17 jeskai ascendancy decks 17 red white heroic decks 15 red x burn decks 13 jun decks 12 nea decks 8 blue black control 8 white x humans 8 blue white spirits 7 white angels 
six blood decks, and two of them made it into the top eight. Yee yee. That is pretty legit. So overall, the archetype breakdown, there's way, way a lot of Is It Phoenix decks. But I will make sure to link to this all down below because it's a lot to go over. And Bamzing is an amazing person for posting all this information up. He does it all on his free time. And yeah. Okay. So we're going to jump into some future events coming up. Unfortunately, other than the trading show at J-Dubs coming up here in two weeks for us, we don't really have too many local events other than our weekly Modern and Legacy League, Commander Knights, F&Ms at our local establishments here. But luckily, also in two weeks, we've got SCG Con in Philadelphia. So February 11th through the 13th, we've got a gaming convention for you. So mark your calendars. Make plans to join them for the three fun-filled days of Magic the Gathering, Flesh and Blood, and more. The future side is showing. Sorry. (laughs) Sorry. All right. And they've got some packages here for you, too. The Commander Celebration Package is $80. This gives you exclusive access to SCG Con Command Zone for all three days. A Soul Ring promo card, non-foil. A Path of Ancestry promo, non-foil. Path of Ancestry playmat. Four Commander Pod vouchers. A deck box. And a badge and a lanyard. And then you jump up to the Infinite Challenge Package. This, And it has a note in here. This is a $200 plus retail value. And this gives you special early bird pricing available through 11.59 p.m. on Thursday, February 10th. Gets you entry into any challenge, including Challenge Plus events with double prizes for all three days. And you get to choose your own playmat from over 220 available on the SCG prize wall. And let's see some of the main events for you. We've got some pre-release stuff from for Kamigawa, which we've already kind of been talking about a little bit. So we've got Sealed. We've got Two-Headed Giant. Sealed for one, it will be a three rounds of Swiss starting at 3 p.m. $40 entry. Maximum amount of entries is 128. And then it gives you prizes based off of your record. So if you get nine packs, nine match points you get 480 pre-release prize wall tickets and then that goes down based off of your record but then the two-headed pre-release is a sealed event three swiss rounds starting at 5 30 p.m this is an 80 dollar entry for the teams and there is a team cap of 60 so for those of you at home doing the math that is 120 people two people per team and then for nine match points you get 960 pre-release prize wall points and then again that breaks down further as you go down in victories and then they have another sealed event starting up at six o'clock same information as the previous sealed event and then on saturday they've got a modern 10k challenge two of them actually uh wait why does one say sold out and the other one doesn't probably at different times doesn't look like it's different times Large enough venue to host two at the same time. Uh, that's what we're going to go with. So one of them's already <laughs> sold out. Your entry is $50 for that. Maximum entries is 400 people. And then on Saturday, they have, again, some sealed pre-release events for you for Neon Dynasty. 
and more sealed at varying times. So let's see. Let's look at some of these times. 9 a.m., 1.30 p.m., 2 p.m., and 6 p.m. And then jumping into Sunday, that's where you get another pre-release event, super pre-release sealed. So you get your six rounds of Swiss starting at 9 a.m. And then you also, for those of you who are blood and flesh or flesh and blood fans, wow, those words need to be turned around so they're in the correct order. You also have an event starting at 9.30 on Sunday. And then Sunday also has the Legacy 10K event and another two-headed giant two-headed giant pre-release event starting at 1:30 and that legacy 10k event starts at 10 a.m and the final event on sunday is a neon dynasty pre-release sealed event starting at two and you've got some vendors like card monster games cool stuff inc mr magic and then they've got some artists coming in here it looks like not as many as the vegas one but we've got brian Watt. Wake Wits, and then RK Post, just to name a few. Good job. Thanks, man. What do you got? What do you got for us on them blogatogs, yo? Um, got a couple. We're gonna do one that Matt posted what two weeks ago? Last week. Whatever, two weeks ago. First time reading it, so it comes from Land of War Mentor. They ask, "Hi, Mark. I enjoyed reading your article today, and I'm always super appreciative of the work you do to communicate Wizards' philosophy to players. However, I was also very disappointed by some of what was written. As someone whose concerns fall under the contamination problem, it really felt like the message of the article was that my concerns are unimportant. The buffet analogy was particularly saddening. Um, magic is not a buffet. Other players also dictate what cards we experience. Just the last statement, I kind of disagree with him. But anyway, uh, Mark's reply. I think the buffet metaphor was the most apt metaphor I've ever found for magic design. We want to provide an amazing meal. Not everyone wants the same food. But we have to prior- uh, prioritize providing food individuals will love over not providing foods some might hate. Mark's second response, yes, some someone might sit at your table and adore the, adore the meal because they love the chili they got. We shouldn't deny them that chili because you hate chili. Don't eat the chili, and if watching someone else enjoying chili really upsets you, don't sit at the same table as them. Your dislike of chili is not the reason the chili lovers shouldn't have chili at the buffet. It's enough about that chili. So I, I, I really enjoyed this response from Mark because the the buffet analogy I don't know maybe I, I'm I'm definitely on his side where I think the buffet analogy can help magic players understand like what magic is because it's more than just a thing and the article that he's going off of uh, that they're talking about is the big picture I'll make sure to link it down below in the show notes so if you're interested in reading it it was posted on January seventeenth. January 17th and he goes over like the big picture of like magic and how uh, priority problems and wasteful problems and stuff like that so uh, but but the, the addressing it as a buffet for magic I don't know it really resonated with me of like oh that is very accurate I definitely stand by the magic that magic's like a buffet because it's for everybody 
but not everybody likes everything. Well, but, and I mean, you just break it down into the formats too. Not everyone li- likes standard. Not everyone likes limited. Not everyone can afford legacy. So think of that as like the premium that's part your, of the buffet. That that's your keto diet, right there. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but then you break it into you know. I even see it right there on on the screen. Unsets, you know, not everyone likes un. Not everyone likes alt art. So you know, the food being prepared a different way or anything like that. But it's just, yep. it's one of those things where you know what it truly is. It's a great analogy. There's always something for everybody at the magic table, which was makes yeah, magic so fucking good. That's what makes magic magic, man. Well, even thinking about some of the like more controversial things, like some of the secret layers, like the Stranger Things, like The Walking Dead, the idea with those is, yep, unfortunately, maybe things could have been handled differently as far as exclusive cards and play mechanics being made for those cards and not being introduced mm-hmm. at a similar time frame within the actual game itself, but... That could have introduced new players because, hey, I see Walking Dead stuff. Hey, I see Stranger Things stuff, you know, somewhere down the line. Hey, I see Metal Gear Solid stuff. Don't get me started. <laughs> I, I was trying to, but I'm not going to get you fully on there. But but it's just there's so much. And even if even something as simple as the artists themselves can somehow get a person into the game, who knows? Or you just have those wacky crazy friends that you end up getting meeting along the way and going hey you like fun <laughs> you should play magic do you like beer do you like beer come listen to our podcast where we talk about a game and we drink beer magic and beer are definitely it's it's weird it's a it's a game that goes hand in hand it's like golf and beer and and video games and beer and beer and beer damn beer beer is so good Beer is good. Beer is good. Beer is good. So anyway, uh, (laughs) now that we've talked about beer more than magic, uh, let's talk about some magic again. Uh, Second blog talk of this week comes from Snowback16. This is a blog talk I chose just due to the fact of what's been released that no one thought was ever going to happen with a Fraction Planeswalker. So back to this. Uh, Snowback asks, will there be an explanation about how Frexons can now hold a spark? Mark Mm. replies, "Um, this isn't my area of expertise, so I'm going to do my best to explain it. But I might get a few small details wrong, so bear with me. Frexons can't hold a spark. It has to do with the fact that they're soulless and you need a soul to hold a spark. That's the same reason some other creature types can't hold a planeswalker. I can't become a planeswalker. Well, except some circumstances like with Karn is the only planeswalker that's not a creature or that doesn't whatever. So pre-mending planeswalkers were immune to the fractionization based on their ability to have total control over their form. This is not true with the post-mending planeswalkers. The fractions are aware of the metal the multiverse prior to the mending. They use portals to travel between planes, but the mending shut down the portals with only one exception that I know of, the planar bridge, but even that can't transport living tissue. Because of fractionizing, someone removes their soul, it would take away a planeswalker's ability to planeswalk, which is what uh, definitionally makes one a planeswalker. Thus, fractionizing a planeswalker wasn't a solution to the fractions problem. 
Now, Jintaxis is on Kamigawa Stunning Spirits, made manifest believing that it might hold valuable information to the Frexians. Turns out it did, and Jintaxis learned how to complete a Planeswalker without removing their soul slash part on a spark. That's what's going on. Um, if you want more information, read the Kamigawa Neon Des- uh, Destiny stories for more, informa- more information. This is really um, intense. This is really intense because we're going to talk about that card here later in the episode. It's 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 Tamio. Yeah, I uh, what? No. Yeah, I went th- I went through a few different like articles after I read this one. Corker were talking about how that was possible and what's the cause and the one card that I don't know for the one card that you're thinking of. Or we're going to talk about later. Because I, I didn't read the notes. Um, <laughs> surprise, surprise. Uh, was it was it the reality chip that Re- you were talking about, Matt? Reality chip was definitely going to get brought up in this episode. Okay, yeah. So I'll we'll just talk about it later. But yeah, it's the rabbit hole that this has opened up. It's, you can get lost. Have you have either of so, you guys read the story yet about this? I haven't gotten the I story have yet. I have not today. read the story. I got it on my to do list. Got it because it sounds so good. Learning about Kaito and the the journey of trying to find the 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 Empress and Jin Kataxis being on there. Like the stories are all up right now on yep. the mothership, and it goes over like the, the 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 twists and the turns that comes from this. And I am really excited to read it. So if you guys haven't read it yet, like like the scrubs that we are, <laughs> go, go go read it. I legitimately I wish that today would have been a day where I just let my students do whatever the heck they want and I could have just read and done things but it wasn't one of those days it was a it was a full-on teaching day I was busy from start to end of the periods so it's hard to read while driving a truck (laughs) there's that too I mean it's basically what we're getting at there so unfortunately as much as we would love to be full-time podcasters we got to support you know the houses that keep breaking down in one way or another for all of us. Yes. They make audibles, so you just listen to it. They don't have audibles of these stories, to my knowledge. Well, you better start reading it and recording it so you can make some more money. Ooh. Ooh. This Ooh. weekend. This weekend, audibles? Nice. <laughs> Let's do it. Danny making the money for this for this podcast here. Oh. God. Danny's the real money maker here, just so everybody knows. Danny. I have no idea where that came from, but, Danny, but just so you're aware. Sure, I guess. We're gonna need your we're gonna need your expertise. We're gonna need your your voice and being able to Dude, words are hard. Leave me alone. I don't know if you saw in the <laughs> I can't talk. I don't know if you saw in the Twitch chat, but we had <laughs> we had hey look behind you say, should practice reading these ahead of time. Hey, you know what? Hey, look behind you. I don't care. And uh, leave me alone. Thank you very much. Pick, picking on poor Danny. He's not even here in person to defend himself. I'm mentally handicapped, so uh, I have an excuse. And we love him. So anyway, moving along to the news. Da news. Not really news, but I guess Matt wants us to talk about... The bands that happened last week. Well, we didn't talk about it last week. It released after we we had our episode. Oh, so. that's what it was. Yep. 
yeah, I, I quickly edited in what the bands were. And this is just more of like the typical what This Week said. in MTG formatting of it. Perfect. So again, to begin the news, let's quickly touch on last week's bands and rebalancing announcements. Starting off with Standard, All Runs Epiphany, Divide by Zero, and Faithless Haven all were banned. Epiphany, um, a card which was brought up as a card of interest in October's BNR, gets banned due to being a hard card to interact with because of having it foretell or foretold. So just discard cards our discard spells can't catch it. And also it was causing frustrating gameplay with it being in a solid chunk of the ladder meta and competitive meta. The next, these next two bands are preemptive to keep certain decks from taking over divide by zero in a bl- blue control deck. So fuck blue is said to quote, be poisoned or poised to reduce metagame diversity. Um, being able to move the game into the late game effectively. So player can drop their soft lock pieces of, Lear, Disciple of the Drowned, or Hell, um, Hillbreaker Horror is something Watsi doesn't want happening effectively. And the final band in standard is Faceless Haven, showing up in a mono green and a mono white aggro snow. These decks really beat up on the blue base decks, thank you, with Epiphany and Divide By. So as a way to keep these from becoming dominant without changing the deck, Faceless Haven is banned. Before moving along to Standard's better half, Alchemy, Standard 2.0, <laughs> and mentioning its rebalancing, let's take a detour to Historic, which was has a banding and an unbanning. A memory Lapse was moved from Suspended to Banned, and because Watsi t- likes Teferi a lot, they unbanned Teferi Time Raveler, but only because of the rebalance. Watsi said they want to, want to quote, Move Teferi away from a genetically strong walker to a specialized anti-control tool. And this anti-control tool looks like a white-blue 2 that enters with 5 loyalty counters and has a static opponents can't cast spells on your turn. Plus one of until your next turn you may cast sorcery spells as though they flash and then dig 3 of return up to 1 target artifact, creature, or enchantment to its owner's hand. Draw a card. So speaking of rebalancing, I was going to go over only the cards which have been buffed or adjusted, not what those are because this is supposed to be quick. Again, these are Matt's words, not mine. Um, go check the link below for the full details for the cards that have been buffed. Um, we have Acerac, the Arch-like, assembled from parts, Blood Tag, um, Blood Tag Alpha, Cloister, Gargoyle, uh, Dungeon Decents, Eliwick, Tumblestrom, Fate's Reversal, Find the Path, Puppet Riser, Tipius Drop, and Triumphant Traveler. As for the adjusted cards, um, they go as the following, Divide by Zero, um, Fearsome Whelp, Hell, um, Hallbreaker, Hallbreaker Horror, Inquestor Captain, Lear Disciple of the Drowned, um, Sanguine um, Brushstroke, and Town Razor Tyrant. Now we move on to the only band in Legacy, Ragavan Nimble Pilfer. To the surprise of the few, Ragavan is a potent card, and one is backed up with free counterspells like Days and Force of Will. Uh, those make it more potent. The Is It Delvered lists have been putting it up a 56% non-mirror match win rate, and that totes the line of what Watsi is comfortable with deck having. The final bit of BNR is not a bend or an unbend, but adjusting why there wasn't a band in Modern. 
According to a tweet from Aaron Forsyth, Vice President of Wizards, quote, the data and um, sediment around modern all pointed to leaving it alone. There are definitely best cards, but not uh, nothing worth addressing. That's a good thing, end quote. There we go. That's the BNR. Bam, bam. Way to go, Danny. Yep. Yeah, no problem. <laughs> well, yeah, I was talking with uh, Keegan after I, we were talking about that rebalancing of Teferi. And uh, it's, I would say it's almost a, a good rebalance, except for the fact that its loyalty yeah. it's was five. boosted. Its loyalty is five. If if they had left the the uh, royalty or loyalty at where it was at, it would have been a solid rebalance. Rebalance, but I mean, because I... they increased it to five, it's it's a rebalance, but it's not a fair rebalance. I mean, it's strong. It's more resilient, but you cannot deny the fact of your opponents can't cast spells on your turn is such an improvement compared to your opponents can't cast the for, instant speed, essentially. For sure. Yeah, because that, that just wrecks any kind of instance, like red burn deck. Like, that's why I stopped playing Historic is because of this card. Right. Yeah, I, I, I do agree. The, the, the loyalty buff to five seems... Like leave it, leave it at four because it enters. It gets a plus one. It's at five. Yeah, and that seems fair. If if it's at five, you can give it a plus one. That's now at six. Okay, well, my turn. I'm gonna have to use two spells to get rid of it. We can definitely look at Teferi being, you know, like Watsy's like poster child. Oh, they already said what? They, they love. It's they basically love. their baby child. They love Teferi. Oh, the Jace is basically gone. I mean, Teferi is such a good card, and it's and he's such a good character as well. So it's like I understand they want to be like having him out there and stuff, but at the same time, Teferi Time Raveler, yo, <laughs> he's so good. You had to steal him from me two weeks ago. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah I did, I did, <laughs> because I had to be casting my spells. I like casting spells. You see, I want. if they would actually play test, they wouldn't have to do this alchemy bullshit. Ah, but this is this is their their brainchild of what they want to do. This is what they want. I don't know. Like alchemy is it's 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 separate from paper, and it's like, hey, we're gonna focus on alchemy, doing alchemy things, and paper's gonna be doing paper things. I know I've said it in the so past. What you're saying, so what you're saying is we're sorry that we didn't do our jobs the first time, so we're gonna do it now that everyone's played with it. What I'm saying is alchemy. And we're gonna fix it. What I'm saying is alchemy is their sandbox of. How's it their sandbox? Because they can when the cards can, when the cards have already been released, a sandbox should be something before release, like a playtest. But the, but we were just talking about all of these alchemy changes that they made, like Cloister Gargoyle, uh, Dungeon of Descent, uh, and Fate's Reversal and stuff like that. Like they they're this is their sandbox. This is what they do of where they can like. Okay, we're gonna play around with these cards, and even though like on paper they can't be changed in Arena we can just have as much fun with them as we want to. I say fun loosely, just, just mind you say fun <laughs> very loosely. <laughs> we can, yeah, you, we you're, can, you're fun. You're fun is saying, Hey, we're sorry that we didn't do our jobs the first time. No, Matt's fun is playing blue spells. Yeah. Fuck blue. Okay. There we go. Are we ready to move on to the we're next? Ready to then. move on. So that's the BNR links down below. Again, all fuck that blue. So, as always, Loading Ready Run, the online comedy group and variety show content creators, are doing their typical pre-pre-release, the PPR, sponsored by Wizards of the Coast. This Saturday, February 5th at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, is when the Kamigawa 
pre-pre-release will be going down on their Twitch channel at twitch.tv slash loading ready run. And now for some big news in the content creation sphere of magic on the 25th, Pete Hoffering of Star City Games made an article announcing the forthcoming content changes. In recent pandemic-induced years, SCG content publishing side of the business has taken a large hit due to the lack of in-person events and the reduction of professional scene from Wizards of the Coast, large enough that by the end of February, Star City Games will be cutting a number of their content creators from their business. This will be sort of replaced by a variety non-strategy tournament-related topics and making all published articles on Star City Games' website free. Pete also mentions that for those who pay for their premium memberships, there will be a remodel of what the benefits will include and be announced at a later point in the future. Now give the full article a read to go through the links in the show notes below. I thought this was pretty intense because, you know, like, what was it, two, three weeks ago is when we talked about Cedric Phillips leaving Star City Games, and he was the uh, content head, content coordinator of Star City Games. And, like, I mean, looking back in it, like, 2020 vision is, you know, hindsight's always 2020. That's, like, the writing on the wall of potential, could be potential writing on the wall of the, the, the content portion of Star City Games, just kind of, like, on a on a decline well no and here's the thing though do you think something you know when we get further and further out of no public events no large gatherings do you think star city games will come back and go hey now that things are getting better in the aspect of large gatherings we're back and hire on some of those content creators back and change up things again or do you think someone else will come in and sweep up the opportunity well, I mean, you still got Channel Fireball still pumping out all the content that they're doing and stuff. I mean, they they have definitely changed their whole market model going from, you know, selling their own cars to being a marketplace and having CFB Pro be their thing of also collecting money, pumping out content to like pay their content creators. It's like Star City Games had that as well. Yeah. But they were selling their own cards, so they weren't a marketplace. And there's like a little bit of talk online that I see of like, is Star City going to be doing what Channel Fireball did and have their own marketplace? So now we're going to have like TCG Player, Channel Fireball, eBay, and Star City Games being like a marketplace kind of a thing. Or is it going to be something even further out in left field? Is it going to be like Sony acquiring Bungie Ooh. where Star City Games will very, just get bought out by... Very topical. I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> Hitting in today's news and other nerd subjects... <laughs> A lot of fucking big game acquisitions right? this year, uh, but we we are not this week in video games. Maybe we can be. Hit us up. Let us give us your feedback if you wanna well, if you wanna get a, a, well, a this week in video games. Well, no, think about it this way. We do talk about arena. Arena is a video game. Therefore, we can be considered this week in video games. I'm pretty sure I have us marked as, uh, under the video game category as well because of that. Because you got Moto and exactly. <laughs> and arena, so, so we okay. are already a video game podcast, but we've put more focus on our in-person gaming of cardboard crack very true oh, oh, oh. And, and we have wade in the chat saying that he is very sad that versus live is getting discontinued and that is one of those yeah that is one of the big things getting getting cut there but i mean cory baumeister has like a, a pedigree of like being able to do like everything and stuff so Good for That's, him because I know he'll be able to find other uh, other opportunities along with like a lot of the other uh, 
um, Star City creators like Dom Harvey, Ari Lax, uh, Sam Black, like they're going to be able to find things because they are grade A content creators that are going to be maybe a little, little hard pressed. I don't know. They're giving to them. They're giving everybody till the end of February to be able to, to you know, to find something. So I feel that's a lot of time. And these guys are like grade A. I mean, content creators outside of like magic. Like if they, if you put like. I'd listen to Dom Harvey all day. Don't get me wrong. Fucking love his voice. I love his podcast. Dominaria's Judgment. Christian brings up a good point. Maybe we could get some of those uh, content creators on the show. Oh. Oh. Oh, shit. And it's not like we don't have, you know, some connection to at least one. It's true. Oh, uh, so right now, I'm going to mention this. Next week, we're actually going to have a content creator as a special guest host on this. Uh, Not too much details right now. We'll keep it hush. Listen to the end of the episode. Maybe I'll mention it by then. But don't forget about. Yeah, Big G's got to take take a week off. We've got a theater production that I got to be present for. So and we got a guest host, and I am super excited for this. So listen to the episode, and maybe I'll tell you. But uh, Star City Games. So so going off of the them basically giving a hack to all their contact creators. All their contact creator content creators will just go to Twitch or some of them will probably head over to Channel Fireball TikTok. or like the command zone or something like that. Or 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 someone will pick them up like that. But like yeah, I mean, a lot of a lot of like a lot of the pros that were <laughs> in the Star City like circuit, they're all on Twitch. They yeah, put they, they, they stream Monday through Friday doing arena or something else i don't think that's so a lot it's of them. T- 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 Corey, he's he's on twitch with uh his co-host so i'm sure he could probably still do the same thing just he just have to be not sponsored by star city okay <laughs> anyway i'm gonna niv visit the hell out of this one now let's talk about some neon dynasty yeah and for the rest of the news section, we're going to go over all the Kamigawa Neon Dynasty information that we have. So let's start off with the booster fund information that we receive. And this one's going to be a def- definite uh, flying by the seat of our pants kind of situation here. Nope, wrong link. Jeez, don't even look. I'm not the only one that did, had the wrong link. No, I had Hell the right yeah. link. I Hell just didn't yeah. click the link. You had the wrong link. Don't lie to the viewers. So Kamigawa Neon Dynasty Booster Fun, an article that came out from Clayton Crow, talks about what to expect to get in booster packs. And as always, in a lot of the sets, we're going to be getting the uh, borderless and extended art uh, variants. So let's talk about the extended arts. And that's pretty much where, you know, it's like the zoomed in art, as JB would say. And they just kind of like erase the, the 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 picture border, but there's still a border there of the art of the card. So those are going to be in there. And then there's going to be the borderless ones, which are the alt art. <clears throat> and these alt art cards are going to be inspired by anime and manga style drawings and from uh, creators from uh, Kogedo, Kogedo Studios in Japan. Uh, Kogedo Studios has worked with Wizards of the Coast before with making the Planeswalkers from War of the Spark. I'm I'm sorry, you need to scoot down. I'm admiring these lands right now. Jesus. Yeah, we're going to be covering that here in a second. So oh, Kogedo wow. helped with the Planeswalkers from War of the Spark. They helped make the Mystical Archives, and um, they've just been doing more and more with Wizards. They they made 36 cards in War of the Spark. They made 61 in Mystical Archive, and now they're making 133 for. 
uh, Kamigawa here. And those cards are the extended or the, the borderless versions where you have uh, a, a couple of examples here, uh, Kiari, Ka, uh, Kairi, and Atsushi, along with uh, Kaito and the Wandering Emperor and Tezzeret, all done by artists from uh, Kogedo Studios. And as Garrett was just salivating about, they have <laughs> they have the Okioi lands, which are a traditional Japanese wood woodblock print art form of the lands. We talked about this when they first got shown, because holy balls are these things like legit beautiful like pieces of art on a land on a land, and they got. All these lands that you can that you can select from here, and that's part of the booster fund. Is like you're going to be getting these as part of that. Um, the next part of the booster fund we have is the soft glow treatment. So as they say here, nothing says the future like neon, and neon glows brightly in the cities of Kamigawa, and this is reflected in the soft glow treatment with the neon frame. And this is not as it's not a borderless frame there's a border on there it has like that same anime manga inspired art but with like sharp metal edges with very vibrant uh neon colors on the art and again they look really good it's really hard to describe good looking cards on an audio medium well and then the other fact too is even if you know they're watching live with us we really truly only have what's on the computer screen. And I know for me running into, I'm trying to think of some of the arts that I've been like, I don't know how I feel about them yet. Oh no, the constellation lands out of Theros. Yep. yep, yep. Uh, When I saw them up on, you know, up on my computer screen, on my phone screen, it's like, meh, I mean, they're okay. I don't know how much I like them. I'll wait until I see them in person. Some of these, I think, are just going to be, when you see them in person, they're going to be great. I feel like this is going to be a, even if the card is not the most functional, the art is probably going to be gorgeous and you won't care. Know what I'm yep. Saying? Know what I'm saying? It's so, an orgasm of mind, these cards do. Uh, there we go. So the, the soft, right, so the, good. the soft glow treatment, same kind of a thing with... Uh, artists from Kogedo. And then we have, as we mentioned, one again, one of the other first cards was the uh, Hidetsugu Devouring Chaos that has the neon ink treatment. And these are the super rare cards that you can get. Um, the There's like yellow inked Hidetsugu Devouring Chaos that you get with your uh, buy a box. And then red, green, and blue inked Hidetsugus at uh, different rarities where the blue hitted sugu is rare, the green hitted sugu is rarer, and the red hitted sugu is rarest. Uh, just think common, rare, and mythic. Yeah, but they're already like extremely hard to find already. Like this is wizard. We talked about this being like wizard's attempt to like really capture the um, collector aspect the, of yeah, the, game. the collector aspect of the game. And boy, so- are they nailing it in the head with hitted sugu here. So with these yellow ones of this card, it's only going to be found at the WPN stores. Oh yeah, WPN Premium, correct? Uh, I thought it was. Not, just, I, I thought it was all WPNs. It was just all WPNs. Okay. Yeah, I think Maybe. it was WPN. I don't know if it was. I and I don't think Josh posted up anything that. on on the group or not the group, but the page about anything of that sort. So I don't see anything on here specifically of 
I know in the previous Hated Sugu article, this one was like months back. I will try to find that. Uh, I will find that and post it in the show notes below if you want to read the original article on Hidetsugu and the Neon Ink. So the other treatment that you're going to see is the ninja and the samurai borders, which uh, the ninja border is, looks like very sharp, straight edges um, all, along the border. And there is a different alt art with the card as well. And then the samurai has more like bamboo rope and not swirly kind of features with it. Again, with alternative arts to the card that you can find in boosters as well. I'd say for the ninja one, if you're thinking like when I think ninja, I think throwing stars and stuff like that. And it seems kind of like you've got that kind of poking out a little bit, but then going off of your, it's very bamboo-ish for the samurai one. Very much like the armor where everything's very beautiful and pretty, and but it also functions well too. I don't know. That'll be fun. And then there is the Frexian treatment that we're seeing with currently two cards, Jinkataxis and Tamiyo Completed Sage. And that's just... Um, like what the the Frexian secret layer was, where it's actually written in Frexian, and then like a uh, a legendary border that looks very Frexian like. So now to find these cards, there is different ways to collect them, and you get them in boosters. And I, I was about to say, I got the product breakdown. There we go. There's the product breakdown. All right. So first things first on the product breakdown, we got those wonderful set boosters, which. If you're going more so for the you want to crack packs, get your best bang chance at bang for your buck. This is the one I recommend doing. Um, unless you're doing drafting, they're really you might as well just go with the set boosters because then you get more you get a better chance at getting a few more of those alt art cards, few more rares depending on how lucky you end up being. But then you get some you get some art cards in there too that you could get the chance of getting a foil stamped and this is in about 5% of the product. So what those contents are for the set boosters, you get one art card, which could be foil stamped for 5% of the packs, one foil double or single faced common, uncommon, rare or mythic. And this can be a foil showcase border, borderless or a commander card in some packs, a one single or double-faced rare or mythic again that showcase or borderless in some packs two double or single-faced common uncommon rare or mythics and i think this is just going to be kind of a common thing a showcase borderless the specialty lands or a commander card in some packs a single single face showcase card common or uncommon a single double-faced common or uncommon a single-faced connected uncommon and that's two of those and then you get three single face connected commons and then you get one land of which it can be just the normal basic land a common dual land or one of those specialty full border art ones and this will be non-foil and in 30 and 7 percent of the packs it could be one of the foil specialty lands but 33 percent of the packs will be those specialty ones and then you get a token an add card, a helper card, or a card from the list. And remember, those cards are a list of cards from Magic's history, and one card is in every 25% of the pack is, is what it breaks down to. So then with those set boosters, those will be available individually and in display packs of 30 packs. If you purchase a display, you may also be eligible for a special foil buy a box promo. Uh, so make sure to double check with your local game store and see if you can get those 
So the draft boosters, you'll get one single or double-faced rare or mythic, one double-faced common or uncommon, three single-faced uncommons, nine single-faced commons, and this can be um, double or single-faced traditional foil of any rarity replaces a single-faced common card. So basically, you get a foil or you get one of those specialty cards, it will replace one of the commons. And then you will get a land in there, whether that's the specialty land, a common dual land, or a basic land in a token helper or add card. And it looks like for the draft boosters, 33% of the packs will have those specialty lands in there as well. And then jumping into our good friend JB's whale booster packs. These are the collector booster packs as well. So let's see, sorry. And for the draft boosters, you get 36 packs in there. And just like the set boosters, if you want that display one, make sure to talk to your LGS about a buy a box promo. And now the collector boosters are the best way to collect the hottest cards in Kamigawa Neon Dynasty. You'll find five rares or mythic rares and tons of booster fun variants and traditional foils in every pack. And exclusive to the Kamigawa Neon Dynasty collector's boosters are foil etched cards, extended art cards, and even new special neon ink treatment. For more on these treatments, check out the the article we actually just referred to. So, a breakdown quick of the collector boosters. You get one neon foil, etched foil, or traditional foil in the rare or mythic variety. Remember, the neon is going to be super hard to get. Super, super hard. But your chances are a hell of a lot better in the collector boosters, it seems like. so Because... I didn't see anything about them being in the set boosters or the draft no, boosters. No, no, no. Neon Inc. is only set booster. Okay. Or well, then collector booster. Only there collector we go. booster. There we go. Never mind. So, yeah, your chances are very minimal yeah, in set gotta, booster and draft boosters. Yeah, you got to pay uh, You got to pay the premium of getting the $20 pack to be able to pull the the $100,000 card hit at Sugu. You got to have that whale money. Yeah. Uh. All right, and then you get a showcase rare or mythic, borderless rare or mythic, or Phyrexian language mythic, an extended art main set rare or mythic, or a borderless mythic, an extended art commander card at the rare or mythic level, traditional foil of the rare or mythic, a traditional foil showcase ninja at common or uncommon, a showcase ninja at common or uncommon, and then the same thing for samurais, one of each of common or uncommon variety, one traditional double face common or uncommon, two traditional foil uncommons, two traditional foil commons, one traditional foil of the specialty lands, and did I say how many you get in each box already? No, I didn't. You do not. Because it's not in there. I believe it's 20, 20 packs, yeah? I thought it was 24. 24. 20 yeah, to 24. Hold on. Is it 24 in a set booster? No, it's 30 it's in a 30, set booster. Okay, so, so there's in 24 booster. in the... Wait. No, it's not 24. That's way too... That's way too 12. 12. There we go. Thank in you. In the collector booster. Thank you. No problem. All right. And then the commander decks. Uh, have we talked about the commander decks at all? We have not. We uh, just announced last week. Which one do you want? Danny, you want one? Which one do you want? You want, you want the one with blue, don't you? Yeah, he's being silent. Never mind. Well, which one do you want? You want Gruul or you want... Uh, I'll, um, I'll read uh, Kort, uh, Katori. Okay, go for it. 
So there are two commander decks. Uh, the first one is the Buckle Up Commander. It's Azorius, and it is helmed by Katori, Pilot Prodigy. White, blue, one for a 2-4 legendary Moonfolk Pilot. Vehicles you control have Crew 2. At the beginning of combat on your turn, target artifact creature you control gains lifelink and vigilance until end of turn. And then we've got a Gruel one coming out, and the name of this one is Upgrades Unleashed. And the commander for this one on the box is Chishiro the Shattered Blade, two colorless, a red and a green, legendary snake samurai. Whenever an aura or equipment enters the battlefield under your control, create a 2-2 red spirit creature token with menace. At the beginning of your end step, put a plus one, plus one counter on each modified creature you control. Equipment, auras you control, and counters are modifications. So yeah, that's pretty cool. I, I don't know. If I'm going to pick up one of these, I feel like I'm going after the gruel one. But at the same time, the mechs, man. The mechs coming out for this set. I'm excited to see what's in the sets, actually. I think this might be one where I actually grab both of the commander decks and maybe just sit on them for a little while. They're always worth it. There's going to be a dope card that gets printed in one or both of these that are going to be like commander stably. But uh, next in the product releases, we have the uh, the Kamigawa Neon Dynasty bundle, which is like the, the OG original fat packs that they're now bundles and stuff. So Because fat packs is not politically correct. So you get eight set boosters in these. And you get a traditional foil alternative art, Invoke Despair, which is a new card that was shown. So for black, 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 one, you get a sorcery that reads, target opponent sacks a creature. If they can't, they lose two life, and you draw a card. Then repeat this process for an enchantment and a planeswalker. So essentially, if they have nothing on their board, you cast this. That is six life they lose, you draw three cards for five mana, which isn't bad. All right, um, real quick, actually, so I'm going to, one, link, send the link in our Discord to Christian because he was asking about it, but he wanted us to talk about one card. We'll get to that here in just a second, Christian, but in Japan, apparently, you get a promo pack with tokens in each booster box, so you get just a, a pack of tokens, apparently. Interesting. Uh, yeah. So Christian, maybe uh, while you're while you're listening and we're working on talking more about these pre-release packs coming up, have you gotten one of these? And you know, what's it like? Do you have you liked it? Have you gotten different tokens? Let us know. Oh, he sent me a link. Ha ha. Nice. Okay. Cool. So I I can tell that one is a four four angel, and he posted a link in the Discord. I've seen these before. Yeah. yeah. With the altered stuff. This is cool. And then they've only got two released, and I can't tell what the 2-2 two two is, but I'm guessing it's a zombie. That would be my guess, but I don't know why zombies would be here. Anyway. Now, while he, while Matt is looking at this, we've got the first chance to play Kamigawa Neon Dynasty is at pre-release. Each pre-release, you'll get a pre-release pack and a build a deck from the cards inside. You'll obviously get a rolled down d20 spin down six kamigawa neon dynasty draft packs one traditional foil or mythic rare so foil rare or mythic rare from kamigawa neon dynasty with the foil year stamp on it and then a reusable deck box with a divider and one mtg arena code card and then just like before now we've got the theme boosters and it looks like these ones are all just going to be on the colors but it also looks like we will have a ninjas one 
and I don't see the samurai one. So now new magic players in North America can visit their local WPN store and receive a welcome booster. It doesn't really give you any information on what could be in this welcome booster. So I guess we'll have to see if we can talk Josh into into uh, getting one or maybe, so maybe, it, just maybe. If it's anything like the previous welcome boosters, because we had one in Core 21, these are samplers given to new players to show off the coolest aspects of the games. I do remember these getting uh, having have an effect in the financial side of Magic because they were printed cards that had a separate emblem or separate... Uh, oh, are they rare- like... Are like like the media release ones that you'd get in like those? Uh, no, 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 they're not no. media releases. They're an actual pack, and you got like a, a select number of cards. But they had a different, uh, they have a di- they had a different set symbol, and they actually like these commons and uncommons from these packs were selling on TCG Player for like three five bucks right off the bat. Damn, because you know these welcome packs they were only given out to new players, only to new players. I say quotation marks, you know, sometimes as well too. But the fact is, is like there were harder cards to find. Um, and according to the uh, MTG fandom Wikipedia page here, um, as soon as these pop up stop popping up, Welcome Booster contains 10 cards. Each Welcome Booster is exactly the same and contains a sample of legendary creatures, planeswalkers, rares, foils, showcase cards, and more. It also contains a double-sided helper card that contains tips and how to get started. Find stores and learn a lot more about the game. Some cards appear in the welcome booster, but do not appear in the actual set. So that was the thing. There we go. It was the separate types of cards, and they were the commons and uncommons. Uh, I remember like there was this boar in Core Twenty One that was like uh, it was a green boar for like four mana, nothing special. I think it had trample, and it was like three four dollars. And it's stuff. just because. It's not in the regular set. It's not in the regular Jesus. set, and it's 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 only in the welcome boosters, and there's huh. only a finite amount of the welcome boosters printed. So them bringing boot them bringing these back is pretty legit because from a quick cursory look here is they only had the core twenty one welcome boosters made. So maybe trying to bring these back, or is this just going to be an every now and then thing? Seeming like an every now and then thing right now. They don't comment on it on their article of the magic products and stuff, so we can't see it. Yeah, who knows? Unless it was unless it was posted elsewhere by like Mark Rosewater, uh, Mark Tabin, or Aaron Forsyth on on like a, a, a tweet or somewhere else that we did not catch. And yeah. if we haven't ca- caught it, we'll mention it to you next week. Well, why don't you talk about them arena bundles? You got any news for us? Yeah. Okay. So with. Uh, Kamigawa coming out, there is also going to be some awesome arena bundles coming out. Um, so original or uh, paper releases on the 18th. That means that on the 17th is, listen to our last week episode. We go over the dates. I know I don't remember them. That's on me. Do as I say, not as I do. So these bundles that you can pre or that you can pre-order now, are the Wanderer Bundle Pack, which is $49.99. You get an exclusive Wandering Emperor Sleeve available immediately upon purchase. And then in that, you also get 50 Kamigawa Neon Dynasty boosters granted upon set release, one Wandering Emperor card also granted upon set release, and also a Wandering Emperor uh, Depth Art card granted upon release. 
The next bundle is the Kaito bundle, which is also $49.99. You get a Kaito Shizuki sleeve that you will be able to get immediately upon purchase. You'll be able to get a folded koi pet available immediately on purchase, which looks like a paper koi. And then you will be able to get a Kamigawa Neon Dynasty set mastery pass on set release, three player draft tokens, a sealed draft token, one Kaito Suzuki card, and one Kaito Suzuki depth art card style, all granted upon set release. And as of right now, you can go on there on Arena and pick up a Pompon, a Pompon Chan pet, and its sleeve, and three stickers. Uh, no price for that. I'm going to assume that there's like gold or gems that you have to do to purchase that since there's no price for them. Yeah, who knows? But we got sad news for you, but it's not really all that surprising for paper magic side of things. Kamigawa, Neon Dynasty product delays. Unfortunately, due to the ongoing disruptions of the global supply chain related to COVID-19, the release of Japanese set boosters for Kamigawa Neon Dynasty will be delayed throughout Europe. Sorry, Christian. At this time, we have no date to share when the set boosters will be available, but we'll share updates as soon as possible. Other languages, regions are not affected by this delay. And this is coming straight from the mothership. Mark Rosewater had also posted last week and his second part of Making of a Dynasty, which is his Making Magic series, where he goes over uh, the, the the names in the sets, different aspects of making Kamigawa, Neon Dynasty, and concept design and through vision and stuff. And these are very in-depth articles through Mark uh, by Mark, and they're always worth a read. And just because I'm not sure if Danny's here, we've kind of skipped over him completely. Mm-hmm. Do you want to take the Twitter one there, buddy? No. I was just listening to you guys talk. I was about to say, actually, you've had a little bit more experience using this because didn't I see a post about this on one of our socials? That was me. I know. That was oh, I'm that sorry. Was I was old, I was man. looking at Matt and talking to Matt, but we had just well, gotten done talking Twitch to you. My Twitch is not working, so I can't see that. Oh, well. <laughs> I've, I've had the spinning circle for the last hour and a half. <laughs> What a champ. And still sticking around. Okay, so Magic tweeted, um, do you want to hang out with a Tanuki? Of course you do. That's a silly question. Befriend a Tanuki, walk through Kamigawa, and more from wherever you're sitting in MTG Neon augmented reality experience. And it has a link. And I actually jumped in on this and tried it. I took a picture. I posted it this morning uh, saying, hey, come watch us on Twitch tonight. So if if you haven't watched us on Twitch or YouTube, you should do that. Uh, but it's super fun. It's an augmented reality where you're just kind of like walking around. You get to take these dope pictures with different uh, things inside Kamigawa. It's just a different aspect to like interact with the Kamigawa release and stuff that's going on. They got different cards that are showing up. So I don't know if maybe they'll like update this and have new cards that haven't been shown on there. But right now they show the uh, the, the mono white dragon with the five activated ability uh, in here as well. But it looks really cool. Uh, I just posted it in here. If you want to give it a shot, give it a shot. Links down below. I think it's worth it. I did it. I enjoyed it. I'll do it again because I didn't explore everything in there. Well, should we jump into talking about a few cards? The juicy part. The juicy part. Uh, Just for sake of time, pick three cards. Pick two cards. 
Danny, are you going to participate with us? We're talking about some of the new cards. Um, geez, uh, I suppose I probably could. <laughs> oh, man, there's so many cards to talk about. All right, Danny, pick two cards you want to talk about. Basic lands you cannot talk about. <laughs> oh, they look so pretty, though. Um, I, So here's the thing. I have no idea what was originally in Kamigawa because that was a set before I started playing. But uh, it was a few years before you started playing. <laughs> just a couple. Just a couple. I guess uh, one that I'm just I thought of right away was me good, especially in EDH, is uh, Lizard Blades. It's uh, one and a red <laughs> yeah, artifact right. creature equipment lizard double strike. Coop creature has double strike. It has reconfigure for two. It's a one one. So yeah, who doesn't like double strike? especially for such a low cost. And the creature that was released the same day is another artifact creature, Equipment Boar, which is a 2 red for a 3-2 trample. Equipment creature has plus 3, plus 2, and has trample and configure for 5. Um, so I'm seeing... I, I, I think this two-card combination is going to be pretty effective in standard. Dude, it's gonna for at just, least a few weeks. It's gonna clap some cheeks. There's no doubt about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, one, one, and then I'm sure whatever else is gonna come out for red equipment. One thing that is notable about these cars with reconfigured, <laughs> they are subtype equipment, so they can get tutored up with mm-hmm. uh, with Stoneforge Mystic. There we go. <laughs> I was trying. I was like thinking Deathrite Shaman. I'm like, it's not Deathrite Shaman. Stoneforge Mystic. You can tutor them up with Stoneforge Mystic, and you can also uh, steal uh, Silverblade Paladin, Steelblade Paladin, the one that equips at instant speed. Steelblade. Steelblade. No uh, shit. Just keep going. Talk. Yeah. So it like allows you to equip cost for zero. Pure Maybe steel. Pure steel Paladin. Pure steel Paladin and Sigarda's aid. All allow these to, when they come in, do their equipment thing because they are subtype equipment. You can equip a reconfigured creature to another creature. So that is not- mm-hmm. notable. And the other thing is like you can just unequip, like quote unquote unequip with these reconfigures. So it's like I no longer want my thing to be equipped with double strike with these lizard blades. Pay the uh, reconfigure cost just to unequip it. Unequip it. I feel that's pretty notable. I think the reconfigure is going to be a cool mechanic. I wonder how... I hope that it gets used and abused a little bit. So, Oh, yeah, you know it. There's We're, we're still... We, we're not still even be... all the way through the spoiler season yet for this. So. No. Well, I've actually got a special request, so I'm going to not count this as one of mine. But we got Christian in the Discord asking us to talk about a specific version of Suave Operator. It's mainly the four, the alt art, and he posted on the Discord if you want to see which one he's talking about. Um, so Suave Operator is a colorless and a red cr- creature samurai, human samurai. Suave Operator gets plus two, plus oh for <laughs> each other modified creature you control. And remember, modifications include equipment, auras, and counters, and it is a one-three itself, and the art on this is just freaking awesome. Like, this is the epitome of suave. Oh, God. What's the... Uh, I can't think of the art on this one as no, far... There, there, there's, as, there's an anime. I wanna, I'm just going to stick and say that it's uh, a One Piece, uh, a, a character in One Piece. I'm going to go... You know who this reminds me of? 
a more awesome version of Johnny Bravo. Look at the yes, hair. Yes, exactly. The hair's out there. All I got to see him say is, hoo, ha, hoo. Come over here, you pretty mama. Yep. And then get smacked. Well, and he's suave, too. So, I mean, it works. I wouldn't say it's One Piece, man. It's more Bravo. Johnny Bravo. I don't know. I think it's a one. I think it's a One Piece character. Don't come at me. Uh, one Piece is not. It's not my. It's not my strong suit. Well, and I was talking about to Christian about this in the. Uh, what the JoJo. Okay, there we go. Okay, okay. So he he posted the inspiration for it too. Oh, Christian did. Yep. Um, so the inspiration is the pl- so. Griville de Blois. I'm pretty sure that's a French pronunciation, and I butchered the fuck out of that. Yep. Um, so this, the police detective in this anime is proud and flamboyant character, and is effectively delivered via his unicorn hair, which is what I will say is the Johnny Bravo style, where it's just <laughs> it is all out there in front. It's his long blonde hair doused in hair gel and forced to maintain the position just looks awkward. It's almost like a child picked that hairstyle for him. Oh, wait, a child did choose it for him. <laughs> That's awesome. But I don't, some of these cards are going to be so much fun, especially with the theme of samurais and ninjas. It's so much funny shit is going to be happening. Like we uh, within our group chat of our local play group, did you see what Brian posted? Oh yes, me knew. Okay, so let me get it pulled up. But he put po- um, our friend Brian here in town likes to make uh, custom tokens and stuff like that. Okay, so he made some some Mech Titan tokens, and so we've got uh, a picture of the Megazord from the original Power Rangers. Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. Mighty Morphin Power Rangers specifically, yes. Um, but if you watch the Sentai, I can't remember which one that is. Um, but it has the, it's the, it's the, di- the first it's dinosaurs the dra- it's one. It's the Dragon Zords. Yeah, dinosaurs, sir. Anyway. The Dragon Zords are from later. Yes, my bad. Anyway, then he's got a Voltron one. And then I legitimately don't know who this one is. Do you know who that, that one, one is? That's not Voltron. That is Voltron. It has the V on the back. That's Voltron. But anyway, he made some fun um, tokens for the the Mecha Titan tokens that will be coming out with this as well. But I know one, it's not really one specific card that I want to talk about, but I want to talk about the new sagas and how they're transforming. Um, So I just pulled up. Actually, I'm going to pull up the one that I think a lot of people are excited about. And we kind of talked about it a little bit um, about, oh, my God, is he going to show up? The uh, the Kiki-Jiki saga. So the fable of the mirror breaker is two colorless and a red. This is a saga. Chapter one, create a 2-2 red goblin shaman creature token with whenever this creature attacks, create a treasure token. Chapter two, you may discard up to two cards. If you do, draw that many cards. Chapter 3, exile this saga and then return it to the battlefield transformed under its owner's control. And then the flip side is is going to be a reflection of Kiki-Jiki, enchantment creature, goblin shaman. Pay one and tap it. Create a token that's a copy of another target non-legendary creature you control except for it has haste. Sacrifice it at the beginning of the next end step. And it's a 2-2. 
So it, you know, it's kiki jiki. But they make you pay a man for it. Yeah. So, I mean, it's a more balanced version of kiki jiki. And they do this with a few other cards too, but that one was the one I wanted to talk about the most because it recently got released. But I think this, the transforming sagas is really cool because oh, 100%. going on the, like the lore of going back to Kamigawa, it's all about talking about the stories and talking about the sagas of the stories that happen. So, I mean, this is really cool. I dig it. Matt, I think you up, man. I, I, I'm digging these sagas. Uh, when it comes to Fable of the Mirror Breaker, I think this might see i don't know for sure standard play this is going to see standard play because you can get a kiki jiki i don't know if like players are going to want a turn five kiki jiki going i don't know but turn there, five, there are ways what you're doing there are ways to increase lore counters though there are that that is true so that is very true i mean there there are gonna be ways that you can cheat this and make it happen a little bit quicker but i think pioneer is going to enjoy getting a version of kiki jiki and, you know, who knows? I mean, you can fiddle with the the, the lore counters on this thing yeah. and ha- c- continuously creating a 2-2 goblin that whenever it attacks, you make a treasure. Doesn't seem half bad if you're going to be playing around with things like that. Yeah. But uh, let, me, let me jump to my two cards. I have two cards that I really like. And there's so many cards that I really like in this set. But I'm going to start off with Invoke Calamity. For a red, 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 red one, you get an instant that reads, you may cast up to two instant or sorcery spells with total converted mana cost six or less from your graveyard and or hand without paying their mana cost. If those spells would be put into the graveyard, exile them instead, and then you exile Invoke Calamity. This thing is stupid good. It allows you to cast without paying their mana cost from your hand. So you're able to cast... Suspend cards with no mana cost, like Ancestral Vision, Wheel of Fate, uh, any of the new ones, the Blessed Resurgence or whatever, the, the the white one that returns enchantments from your graveyard. Yep. So you got that. This goes well in that style of a deck, but it allows you to cast spells with CMC 6 or mana value 6 or less also from your hand. So you pay 5 mana on turn 5. You can cast a 6 CMC spell, which... I don't know many 6-CMC spells off the top of my head, but it, I, I imagine it like a Castle Garenbrig for instance and sorceries on a spell. Oh, yeah. Because if you think of it in that axis of where it's like one turn means a lot to drop a prime time in the, in the, in the prime time decks in Modern that invoke Calamity is kind of like in that same ballpark. It has to be. You just got to find the right 6-CMC spell. And I think Magna Carta, that's a 6-CMC spell that uh, makes some 4-4s, four draws you cards, and a treasure and damage or something like that. It, draw, it makes a 4-4, four four, it deals damage, and it draws you some cards. And then it also has, you can pay, is it hybrid, hybrid, to discard it and make a treasure and stuff. And I yep. think that's six mana. It's like four red, blue. So that's one that you can cast off that, that you could do in standard. Cast it one, two, and two. This thing is an instant. This thing is flipping bonkers. And the art is pretty sick. It's these flaming magma swords falling from the sky from a volcano. Danny, you up, man. My two. You already, did you do your two right away? Mm-hmm. Oh, I suppose I yeah, just... Yeah, because I did the two reds that oh, were to yeah. uh, go did, with each other. Yeah, did the boar and um, the lizard blade. 
Well, then I just took a break from my card for my second card. That's so, fine. Uh, because Christian was confused that I went with a red card. I got to go back to green. I saw that. <laughs> uh, so, Kappa Tech Wrecker, it's a one green creature. Turtle Ninja. So, like this, I just really love because it makes me think of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. But it's got Ninjinsu for one colorless and a green. When it enters the battlefield, it enters the battlefield with a death touch counter on it. So we're getting those ability counters back, which has been... I really liked those when they came out in um, Ikoria. And whenever it deals combat damage to a player, you may remove a death touch counter from it when you do exile target artifact or enchantment that player controls. So a little bit of targeted removal with the added benefit of ninjutsu and then kind of going back to those ability counters there's going to be ways to get those counters back on or you know obviously just find a way to get it back into your hand so you can ninjutsu it back out so now the real question when it comes to this which turtle is he because well, I, I know what turtle i think he is well i'm he's got to be leonardo he's got the he's got two swords er, no he's got two swords doesn't matter that he got two swords. It's when you got two the, swords. When you look at the ability, that is totally Donatello. No. Yes. No, it is. Yes, it's totally sir, Donatello. Okay. Sir, sir, when you're talking, when we're going with the ninjutsu piece of things, you think of the elite of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Are you saying Donatello is not elite? I'm saying out of the four, because there's only four of them. It's not like I'm picking from an arsenal of 100. There's four. There's going to be opinions on this, but it is it is Leonardo. He's the leader for a reason. He's the most disciplined. He's the sneakiest of the sneaky. He's going to find ways to destroy and identify those things that an opponent needs the most. Capitec Wrecker is specifically, destro- is specifically destroying things tech-wise, clearly, here, depicted in the arc okay. as well. Okay, He okay. is showing that he has the ability to dismantle technology. No. Donatello he, is... He is tech- wrecking it. He is wrecking it. He is Potato, not, tomato. No. He is not dismantling it in a, sophist- in a sophisticated way. He's literally wrecking it. If you're going on the college humor, simply alone piece of things, Donatello does machines okay he does machines seals on my side seal it, there is no bow staff in there sir no, but no no he's saying that donnie is the most useful turtle yeah he might be the most useful but in this picture we've got the size he's wrecking it he's not dismantling it nicely so he can preserve it and use it somehow later literally he's wrecking it he doesn't give a shit tech wrecker not tech builder tech wrecker still donatello Fucking Leo, <laughs> shut up. I will die on this hill. He's even got motherfucking blue on his head. Don't give me that. Don't give... That is blue. That's Leo. So anything that blue just makes it Leo? Yes. And the fact that he has two uh, two katanas in his hands. So shut it. <laughs> oh, boy. 
I will die on this hill. See, Seal's on my side still. You ever see Don fix things? He smashes it and then starts taking wires to, and then starts uh, tying wires together. That's exactly what Copatech Wrecker's doing. I don't fucking see Copatech Wrecker fixing shit in there. He's yeah, just it, breaking it. Because this is the, first, this is the he's first part. wrecking it. Step one, smash. Step two, tie wires. He is simply just wrecking it. Don't even give me this no shit. Part two. You, you, you guys want to know who got wrecked? Who got Tamio. <laughs> okay. So this is so, this is the card that we were going to talk about earlier, or one of the cards. Okay, real quick. Real t- if you're pulling in the fans, I'm pulling in the comment section from spoil Mythic Spoiler, okay? Oh, okay, okay. We've got it in here. Not just a Ninja Turtle, specifically Leonardo, dual-wielding Katana with whatever the blue thing on his head is. That's one. Let's see. Well, there's only six comments. Back to Samuel. One of which is Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Teenage and their master was printed turtles. too. Turtles in a half shell. Turtle power. Yes, yes, Master, master Splinter was printed. But tell us about Tamio there, Danny. So, Tamio, new Tamio is uh, Tamio um, Completed Sage. It's for two green, hybrid green blue Phyrexian and a blue. Uh, you heard that so right. Phyrexian mana. What? I was about to say, you heard that right. Phyrexian mana. It's Phyrexian mana. Yeah. Uh, so, she enters with five abilities um, completed, which is, they just. Explain it completed new keyword is uh green blue Frexian. I can pay with green blue or two life. If life was paid this way, Planeswalker enters with two fewer loyalty counters. So you pay two life, enters with three. Um, so our abilities are plus one, untap up to one target creature or artifact. It doesn't untap during its or tap up to one target artifact or creature. It doesn't untap during its controller's next untap step. Nick X XL target non-land permanent card with mana value X from your graveyard. Create a token that's a copy of that card. And it's Nick Seven is create Tamio's notebook, a legendary colorless artifact token with spells you cast cost two less to cast and tap draw a card. One. So if you, oh, go ahead. No, no, no. You go ahead. No, I was, I was, keep going. If you have something to say about this card, go ahead. Okay, so let's start off with uh, the the completed mana. Uh, the fact mm-hmm. that they got completed mana, which is Frexian mana, but there's a downside to using the Frexian mana. It really got my brain thinking. What else could we see with this re revision of Frexian mana, completed mana? Like, are we gonna get? Uh, are we gonna get like creatures that if you pay uh, completed mana, they come in with like two negative negative encounters on them? Or if you cast a, a Frexian spell instead of like draw a card, it's scry a card if you paid and stuff like that. Or probably just... not, because completed is just for planeswalkers, and that's what I was gonna get at. Is it? I think this is going to be just a Planeswalker thing only. The Phyrexian mana is just going to... St- it's going to stick around probably, but the completed keyword will probably be just for any Planeswalkers that get it onto them. I do know on several different occasions, Mark Rosewater 
has talked about on his podcast that Phyrexian mana was a bad choice of what they did. It it, it literally breaks what the game is supposed to do of, uh, you know, color pie uh, uses. You could just like chuck this into anything and you got, you know, examples of like get probe of that's just like any, any deck that would want it can have it. And it's like, you don't need blue. You just get to play this spell for at the cost of two life. Well, it's, it's a good way of what they did of adding just one Frexian mana to the ability because you still need green and blue to play it yes oh they 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 put on all the safety valves for this planeswalker everything about this planeswalker having phyrexian mana is like as safe as i think wizards could have ever went it's very vanilla on its plus one. It does like the typical Tamiyo thing where it taps things. Like Tamiyo Moonsage does that as well. It freezes a permanent. And uh, the Nagax is kind of a throw because it returns something from your graveyard as a token. It exiles from your graveyard and makes a token of that thing. And you got to have the amount of loyalty to the thing. So you can't like reanimate something that's larger than what is in the graveyard. So you can't like turn five, cast this or turn four, cast this and reanimate an Archon of Cruelty because that is way too much mana value than what the loyalty has on it. But the last thing on the ultimate that is notable, do you guys notice that it's not an emblem? I did notice that. So, I mean, especially because it's going to be a legendary token, so you can only have one of, so one of but it's an artifact so you can definitely respond to it better which makes it a little more vulnerable than what an emblem is and it's like again this is a safety valve for being a phyrexian planeswalkers they didn't want to give it an emblem i don't know if there's like a specific um lore reason why it's an artifact and not an emblem per se yeah, stuff. Pr- probably because like the emblems are meant to be like those static abilities that the planeswalkers could probably just emit themselves type yeah. of a thing. Whereas for Tamio, a lot of what's, you know, a lot of Tamio stuff is having scrolls, having sagas, having books and things like that because she's the investigator. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I don't know. I see this. I, not every planeswalker has an emblem. Um, right, right, right. Not so every I mean, planeswalker has emblem. I'm and like, that's like, that's oh, the other piece to too, of it too. And it, maybe it has something to do with the uh, the pre-mending too as well. But I don't know. I think, and kind of just jumping ahead, you know, talking about how Rosewater's like, hey, yep, Phyrexia Mana was a terrible idea. We, we kind of fucked up. Maybe they're going to find some cool way to still have it, like completed. I'm looking forward to more that they're going to do with completed. But for, for, and maybe it's going to be a different term for spells. Maybe it's going to be a different term for creatures, yada, 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 so on and so forth. Or maybe it will be completed and it will just be completed has a downside if you did it this way. I think that's fair. It's like you want to cheat on this mana to do this cool spell. Like take, uh, take you know, a couple points off toughness, toughness, uh, take a couple of PT off your creature or make your, your draw spell scry you a card or your enchantments, uh, your enchantment is now like an enchantment aura instead. So it has to be attached to a creature uh, and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. You know, probably more artifact and stuff like that because, you know, Frexians and their artifacts. Yeah. Well, their artifacts. So, I don't know. This will be really cool. So, I think I like seeing the completed piece of things is really cool. I think it's going to be a different aspect that'll throw things for a loop a little bit, but yeah, I don't know. 
We got Speaking hate- of artifacts and Frexians brings up the next card that I kind of want to talk about earlier, but said not to, is the reality chip. Yeah. Which is one in a blue. It's a legendary artifact creature. Equipment jellyfish. So it's a zero four. Uh, you may look at the top card of your library anytime, as long as reality chip is attached to a creature, you may play lands and cast spells from the top of your library. Reconfigured for two and a blue. This doesn't say anything about Planeswalkers, but within the, I guess, the little bit of lore that I've kind of understood is that Kiki-Jiki stole the reality chip. Jinky Taxes. Or Jinky Taxes stole the reality chip, modded, did something to it, which he used on Tamiyo, which brings in the Tamiyo's completion card which is a three blue equipment aura with flash, enchant, artifact, creature, or planeswalker. Mm-hmm. When Tamiyo's completion enters the battlefield, tap enchanted permit. If it's an equipment, unattach it. Equipped permit loses all abilities and doesn't untap during its controller's untap step. That's really good. That's a pretty solid, uh, pretty solid removal there. Pseudo removal. That's like yep. uh, that's draft bomb level right there, in my opinion. Four mana to just take something out completely. It's blues oblivion ring. Yeah, it just stops. It they lose abilities. Yep. Uh, walk back here real quick with the reality chip. This being a legendary creature means that it can be your commander. Mm-hmm. This thing can it be. It can commander. be. And I don't know, like in a in, in in a blue deck where you're able to cast things from the top of your library. I think that is still pretty good. Like you look at things like um, Future Sight and you look at things like what you could do with Oracle Moldaya. I mean, Oracle Moldaya only gets you lands, but uh, Melek is a Paragon and things like that. Casting things from the top of your library is still good because that like extends your hand by whatever amount. If you cast two spells off the top of your library, that's like adding two cards to your hand. And... The, the fact that it's like if the creature dies, you still have this thing on the battlefield that you can reconfigure yeah. to something. It seems interesting. I don't think it's a bomb, but I think it's a very interesting card. I think it has the potential to be a bomb in limited. I mean, because I don't know. I feel like it could be. Okay, we're yeah. gonna we're gonna no, we're gonna jump back to the trigger discussion here. We have Hey Look Behind You saying, really wanted to agree with Donatello, but it's clearly blue with two katanas. Also, artifacts and enchantments are more mystical, not tech. But I guess anything can be tech in MTG. This guy is Leo. But then, then Hey Look Behind You replies saying, I changed my mind. Rex tech, angry look, exiles things, red mask. This guy's Raph. No, he's fucking not. He's fucking Raph. Let's take a look. Let's take a look. Double look. Red mask. If there's a red mask, it's an undeniable. And Raph has shown. Ah, son of a bitch. He has a red mask. (laughs) It's Raph. Maybe it's an an amalgamation of Raph and Leo. And Donatello. Raph and Leo. Where's Mikey? Mikey's in the background fucking smoking weed or something. (laughs) Pizza. Well, he's smoking weed, and then he's going to order a pizza and sit there and go, pizza guy's got 30 seconds. Okay, so we covered that. I got one more card I want to talk about more. All right, hit us up. Let's go. Uh, but there's so many cards that I want Just to talk one. about. Just one. Just one. Okay. Jinka Taxis. 
progress time. Okay. It. Yep. This is this we had we had to talk about it. I was, was going to bring him up, but have to. We have to talk about this card. Okay, so blue blue five 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 legendary creature Frexine Praetor. Whenever you cast an artifact, instant or sorcery spell, copy that spell. You may choose new targets for the copy. This ability triggers only once each turn. And the last ability of whenever an opponent casts an artifact, instant or sorcery spell, counter that spell. This ability triggers only once each turn. I mean, that piece is nice because, I mean, you can plan around it a little bit and it's not like a surprise, like, oh shit, my my crap is countered. It's my first spell is countered. Okay, what spell do I not care about? But yeah. This is super cool. Um, we've seen several cards and stuff like this before. You have uh, Decree of Silence, which counters a spell that an opponent casts per turn. Kira, great glass spinner. Uh, whenever a spell... You creatures you control have whenever this creature becomes the target of a spell or ability, counter that spell for the first time this turn. And then there is the original flip card from Betrayers of Kamigawa that is blue one. Whenever uh, on your first fourth spell, you get a flip it. And then when it's flipped, uh, whenever an opponent casts a spell, you counter that for the first time each turn. So this is the thing that magic has done, but they're putting it on a 5-5 body that also doubles your spells. So like bare minimum in this kind of a case, like if you're able to drop this and let's just say consider, you get a double consider now. Or if you're in like a counter war spell, you get a like double counter spell and stuff to like really stick it to your control opponent that you're up against in the mirror or something like that. Speaking of mirror, because we brought it up last week, I wanted to talk about it real quick. Holy crap, we were I was wrong. It is less. Mirror box, three colorless. The legendary rule doesn't apply to permanents. You control each legendary creature you control gets plus one, plus one. Each non-token creature you control gets plus one, plus one for each other creature you control with the same name as that creature. Yeah, super. This is going to be fucking awesome. That's, that's fucking bonkers. That's fucking bonkers. Like this is this is a solid example of um, improving improving previous cards that were out there because you had Mere Gallery, which came yeah. out in Saviors, that was a five mana artifact it and is, just said legendary rule doesn't apply. Correct. And this so, is three mana oh my God. does that and two other fucking things. Oh my god, this is gonna be so fucking awesome in my Simic Coma deck. Oh, oh, yeah. Oh. Yeah, it's gonna be really good. Any any deck that's like Sakashima style as well, they're gonna be fucking wanting this. This is really good. This is great. All right, let's jump into that conjured currency. Conjured currency. So now on to the conjured currency section, where we cover the finances of notable cards and their price trends. The main resource that we use is the amazing website, mtgstocks.com, who comes out with a weekly winner's article that goes over three to five cards of note that are moving up in price and three to five cards that are moving down in price. The weekly winner's article drops on a Friday. We record on a Monday. So if there's any price differences between from there and now, we will let you know about it. So let's jump into this. We have Obscuring Haze. Green 2, instant. If you control a commander, you may cast this spell without paying its mana cost. Prevent all damage that would be dealt this turn by creatures your opponents control. This came out in Commander uh, Commander 20, the Ikoria Commander, uh, along with all the other free spells, and it jumped up 451%, now going for about $11.08 uh, as of Friday. But as of today, Monday, current prices... 
are a market value of $7 and an average price of 9 This does not have a foil since it was only printed in the Commander product. And this is the only printing of it clearly and stuff as well then because of that. But this is moving up in price. You got a lot of the other free counter spells, the free counter spells, the free sp- the free commander spells that came out that same year: Deadly Rollick, Deflecting Swat, Flawless Maneuver, and of course Fierce Gar- Guardianship. They're all double-digit costs. So why was Obscuring Haze only a couple of bucks? It's now moving up, seeing play. Uh, typically, sees play in like Finn the Fang Bear, which is the Death Touch commander. That gives poison counters, and uh, Thantis, the War Weaver, which is the vigilance all creatures attack each combat if able, is the Jun Spider and stuff. So it's it's a good fog spell, but people are paying attention to it because the nitpicking nerds mention it, and the nitpicking nerds does have like name association when they call out cards. It's not like command zone effect. But it's a noticeable effect. Pretty and, damn near close. And it's enough to like drive some stuff. So they have an, they have a video that talks of cards most worth buying, and that one made it onto their list. Next in the weekly winners, we have Kusari Gama, which came out in Champions of Kamigawa. It is a three mana artifact equipment that reads: Equipped creature has two. This creature gets plus one, plus O till end of turn. And it also reads, whenever equipped creature deals combat, deals damage to a blocking creature, Kasari Gamma deals that much damage to each other creature defending player controls. And it has equipped cost of three. This card has jumped up 125%, now at around $11.99. But as of today, market price is about $9. Average price is $12. The foil for this card is $56. All moving up in price. And this is the only printing of the card is in Champions of Kamigawa. And this is definitely a card that would have a hard time getting a reprint in any other set. But this is moving up in price. According to mtgstocks.com, it is moving up. uh, Being part of the Kamigawa Neon Dynasty spoilers, it being a weapon to be used in Samurai Ninja, it does help both of those uh those tribes and stuff like that and is a board wipe on an artifact that artifacts are seen to be taking prominence now there is a spoiler alert here there's another card uh that was mentioned actually is this one that one is not out yet there is a card that is not out yet that it's supposed to pair well with due to leaks so, like always, we don't mention leaks on this epi- on the, on the podcast, but you can check out the article where they do talk about the leak there. The final weekly winner we have is Entomb. You get uh, a single black instant. Search your library for a card and put it in your graveyard. Then shuffle your library. So this jumped up eighty percent. Now trailing around eighty dollars. This card uh, is the Odyssey printing specifically because this is this has had multiple printings. You got the Eternal Masters, you got a Judge promo, you got an Amonkhet Invocation, you got an Ultimate Masters, and then you got a Gold Border World Champions deck printing of it. But the Odyssey printing of it is currently sitting at $35.44, an average price of $64.99, and a foil price of $274. So not as much as what it was on Friday. It has dipped back down in price, but... 
this is a legacy card uh, and a commander card clearly as well, but it is a legacy card. And after Regavan getting banned, uh, people are looking for different reasons for Entomb to uh to 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 be playable so an example of this is like <clears throat> being a powerful card another example hold on so after uh Regavan got banned it moves the the devil decks down a little bit and so they're just looking to take cards and entomb is a legacy card that is a tutor in reanimator packages and so like the 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 gist with this is like hopefully because of Regavan being out there's a better chance for Reanimator to be a thing. There's a list of a, a legacy Reanimator deck in the weekly winners if you want to give that a check. And now, Big G, you want to give us some cheap pickups? Hell yeah. All right, first up on the cheap pickups list, we got Demon Lynch, $5.50 and slowly trending down. Another one of the cases of how the mighty have fallen. Right, and this one was sitting at its highest at... $33. So and that was back early part of early part of October, late part of September. But the next one it's like we've been telling people about this over and over again. Arid Mesa's 1975 and stabilizing. Make sure to pick up those Modern Horizons 2 versions of your fetch lands. Yeah, you're really going to thank us. Like if you it's like if you put if you put the money down now, it's like by this time next year, you're gonna be like, "Oh yeah, this was a good pr- this was a good deal because this is gonna double in price. It's a fetch land." I don't know if it'll double, but it will definitely increase. Yeah, it'll because, increase because it'll depend on how many printings things happen and everything now. But another Modern Horizons two one coming out, Ignoble Hierarch is sitting at five dollars ninety eight cents and trending down. And this one at its highest point was actually just sitting above ten bucks. So. You know, I, th- I think I traded mine. Did I trade you for Ignobles? Uh, no, I don't think so. Okay, I traded somebody for Ignobles, and I got them at like eight bucks. And I'm like, eight bucks seems like a good, good spot for them. And honestly, like, still a pretty decent point because I mean, eight bucks was roughly sitting. It's been sitting at that like seven, seven dollars and some change mark since middle of October, beginning of October, and then it's been kind of hovering around that, going up and down, up and down, depending on where you're at, until middle of December. So, there you go. Yeah, cheap pickups. Get them. And if you want help getting more cheap pickups, go check out our awesome friends over at tcgsniper.com. They are a price-tracking website for Magic the Gathering and anything outside of Magic the Gathering because they also do... um, they do Pokemon and Yu-Gi-Oh too, don't they? Yep, they got that. If that's your if that's your case, but not only do they do cards, but they have sealed product that you can enter in there. Anything yeah. that TCG player has, you can get notified on, uh, whether it be a price increase or a price decrease. So, if you want to get a noble ignoble hierarchs at like three bucks, go enter that in as TCG sniper, and you'll get notified when someone on TCG player is selling theirs at three bucks. And if you go over there, and make an account. And mentioned the guys over at This Week in MTG sent you, you will get three months free of their plus program, their pl- plus uh, plan, where you get 50, 50 cards and stuff that you can enter in there. Otherwise, you get five, which is still pretty good. I think it's worth checking out. If it's something that interests you, go check them out. Mention we sent you. It's worth the three months. You don't like it at the end, you can just stop, but it's still going to be worth it. 
Go check them out. Let them know that we sent you in any capacity. And yeah. Well, after that, okay, okay. I see that you got it highlighted there. Yeah. I, I do want to mention Leonin Shikari here because of the artifacts and stuff that we're getting. This is, uh, I don't know, like late, late magic choices, late, late mat magic picks. Leonin Shikari, white one, creature cat soldier. That reads, you may activate equipped abilities anytime you could cast an instant. And if I'm not mistaken, this is another one of those situations where a reconfigure can happen. Yep. It is confirmed? Oh, sorry. Didn't full-on confirm it, but my interpretation of it would be such. Right. Um, it is. Uh, let's take a quick look at the MTG stocks graph of this. As soon as my web, my web browser is being a real B right now. Update your internet. Oh, it is updated. Updated. Uh, Leonin Shikari has actually been moving up in price since Keldheim. Hasn't really spiked, but he had foils spiked within the last few months of of this. Uh, printed in Dark Steel, had a couple other printings in Commander Seventeen. And it also had a Salvat 2005 printing. I have no idea what that is. That's according to Scryfall on that. So anything that says, like, do something with equipment, going to be very important right now. You have uh, Steel Shaper's Gift, the one white artifact uh, equipment tutor. Open the armory, same kind of a thing. Anything that allows, like, equipment synergies those are going to be moving up in price and along with that i also want to highlight enchantment enchantress style cards you got the reprinting in modern horizons 2 of uh what's the starlight sanctum the starling grove starling grove you got starling grove reprints in there that's like movie cheap it's like sub five dollars you have nix weaver which adds mana equals to the number of enchantments you control that is also super cheap and you have a uh, sithis harvest hand that just got printed in that set as an enchantress also super cheap like the kamigawa is an enchantment set sagas count as enchantments you have that enchantment dago you have the tanuki and stuff there's 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 enchantments in here that if you want to make any sort of an enchantment deck, be looking for these enchantment pieces right now as they're cheap before the full set comes out because you're going to start seeing Sithis moving up in price. You're going to start seeing Sanctum Weaver moving up in price. You're going to start seeing Sterling Grove moving up in price and because they're, they're going to be desired cards. Like, yeah, you don't have the commander deck for... You don't have a commander enchantress deck coming out in Kamigawa, but... These are still cards that people are going to make. Everybody loves enchantments. Uh, Satessian Champion, card from Theros Beyond Death. That is a powerful enchantress that draws a card, gets bigger whenever you cast an enchantment. So anything that's like enchantment matters, keep an eye out. Idyllic Tutor, another one. Idyllic Tutor printed in Theros Beyond Death. That is still pretty cheap, and that's an enchantment tutor. You get to get any enchantment with that thing. So... Yeah, I just want to highlight those as uh, options for you guys to keep an eye out there. So, going back on the different sets that this card's in, the Savant 2005 is a reprint set only released in the Spanish, French, and Italian markets. There you go. 
It was in 2005. That has to have a, a, a good price tag behind it. I don't see a price tag on it on Scryfall right here. And uh, MTG Stocks is not showing up. I was about to say, to that. it only has the Commander version and the Dark Steel version. So. Do you got any prices up there, Danny, for Shikari Hyonin? Trollandtoe.com have a uh, Maro Nar. Um, Judgment set. That's for $7.99. Okay, so I mean... Let's see if I can... Can't be that expensive uh, then. So it's... Probably not. If, if you get the 2000 that that set, it's $4. Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty good. Well, but, okay, Magic Folk. We do not have a thought cast this week because we have went on super long uh, talking about Kamigawa. And that's pretty much what our thought cast was. Right. So thank you to all you legendary magic folk for making it to the end of episode 123 of This Week in MTG. Pat yourself on the back. We're going to do it again. Pat yourself on the back for making it this far. Oh, oh, and I will remember. So next week we have JMTG from at MTG Drip on Twitter coming on being our guest host. So if you made it this far, go tweet at him being like, yo, we're excited to hear about you or uh, hear you on This Week in MTG next week. Heck yeah. It'll be fun. I'm excited. We're going to be talking about uh, foreign cards and we're going to be talking about the arbitrage that happens there. Not only are we going to have Jay on, but patron Noah is going to join, who is uh, the local like foreign no, foreign card no guy. That's a bad way to describe. He knows foreign cards very well. And stuff. I think so, he'd even admit he his brother might know him even better um, because his brother spent time overseas, whereas he is just he loves them. So there's a little bit of a maybe somewhere in between novice and expert. I, I mean, I put my faith in Noah on knowing what he's fucking talking about. Yeah. So he's coming on. Jay is one that deals with the arbitrage and the, uh, the purchasing of cards and stuff like this. Like follow his Twitter. Like. Honestly, he posts such ridiculously good-looking Japanese foil cards and stuff. It's like he goes on just like the drip for today and stuff. And then people will be in like, uh, Jay, drip approved, question mark? And he's like, drip approved. And they show like if someone gets in uh, an order of Japanese foil planeswalkers and stuff like that. It's He, he is 100% worth the follow. If you're following us, you should totally be following Jay because his follow is better than our follow. <laughs> but... um that's next week. Be prepared for that. Christian, I know you're definitely going to be excited about something like that if you're listening to this episode still, if you're on or if you're he's listening sti- to it. He's still here. He is still here. He told you to clean your room again. Oh, God damn it. <laughs> My room is clean. <laughs> Fuck off. Clean your room, Matt. So, also, let's give a big thank you to our patrons who think that this content is still worth supporting, even making it to the end of this. Oh, God, this is definitely going to be like an almost two-hour podcast after the edit is all done. So thank you so very much. Uh, go check out the bro. go check out the patron. Uh, go check out our patron if you want to join. But if you don't want to join, we also have play mats for sale. Hit us up to get some play mats. Also, we like to thank JW Sports Cards and Gaming for sponsoring the <clears throat> podcast. And if you are looking for anything magic related, go check them out. Now, Danny Big G, do you guys have anything else you want to add to this podcast? No. Hey, thanks for stopping by. See you next time I'm back. Sounds good. We'll catch you next time, Magic Folk. Bye. 
Congratulations, you made it to the end of this week's episode of This Week in MTG. Your listenership means so much to us. Make sure to follow the podcast over on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, or on the podcatcher of your choice. You can watch the live stream recording of the podcast every Monday night at 7 p.m. Central Standard Time over on YouTube and twitch.com slash thisweekinmtg. If you would like to get in touch with us, you can send us a message to our Facebook, Twitter, or send us an email at thisweekinmtg at gmail.com. For all these links and more, check out our link tree at linktr.ee slash thisweekinmtg. Thanks so much. And beer and beer.